All right, we have here Mike Milner, host of the Mind Over Macros podcast. What's going on, Mike? Not too much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. We love talking about fitness, macros, all that stuff. We don't get it enough on this podcast, so I'm really excited to dive deep into someone that really knows what they're talking about. We've listened to some episodes. You've had some really profound guests on, including one guy, Jordan Syed, who I've been following for a while as well. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your story. What's going on in your world? Yeah. So I kind of backed into this as a career that definitely wasn't into fitness and nutrition at a young age. I, I grew up an athlete, so I was always playing sports, but I never felt like I had to worry about what I was eating because I had pretty fast metabolism. But my family dynamic was kind of interesting. I had experienced dieting from a very young age from witnessing my mom, like always counting points or being on a diet. And then my oldest sister almost lost her life to an eating disorder. And I kind of considered myself the lucky one. And went off to college, kept playing sports, was still active. And then once I graduated, I gained a significant amount of weight in a very short period of time, like almost a hundred pounds in probably less than a year and looked in the mirror one morning, didn't recognize who I was. And that was when I started kind of falling down that same disordered path that a lot of my family members had, had gone down. So horrible relationship with food, horrible relationship with my body, was doing hours of cardio every day just to to get my identity back because I was so ingrained as like, I make friends by being an athlete, by being a part of different teams and things like that. So once I was significantly overweight, I didn't want to see people that I hadn't seen in a while because I was afraid of what they would say about me. And my solution was to try to lose the weight as fast as possible. And that led to my own disordered eating and body image issues and stuff that led, put me in a really dark place, you know, impacting relationships and Really just trying to find my way out of that that dark place was what led me to then wanting to pay it forward. And I started out as a personal trainer. So once I kind of figured things out for myself and kind of got it all together, it was like, all right, I, I need to help people avoid a lot of these mistakes that I made. Started out as a personal trainer, found that more people were struggling on the nutrition side. And that's when I pivoted and really went deep on human metabolism, behavior change, the psychology of of goal achievement and, and wanting to just understand like, what does it actually take to transform your body? And a lot of that was parallel to then having to start my own business. It was another situation that I was kind of backed into. I was a nutrition coach for another company. They kind of pulled the carpet out from under me very unexpectedly. And it was like a sink or swim moment. Like, are you going to put your tail between your legs and, and go home? Or are you going to do this on your own and, and do things the right way? And so that was about four and a half years ago. And I've had my own business ever since. And what I recognized was a lot of the things that I was teaching on the nutrition and fitness side were 100% applicable on the business side of things as well. And so now I help some other coaches who are in my space with their own, their own businesses, just from, again, a lot of the mistakes that I made. And that's kind of what led me down this path in the first place. Wow. Amazing story there, man. And for, for added context, what sport did you play? I was a tennis player, soccer player, and basketball player. Okay. And the reason I ask is because a lot of our listeners, and we have, we have a community based around this podcast as well, are for ex-athletes because we were once ex-athletes ourselves. We are ex-athletes, we were once athletes ourselves. And that identity loss when you're getting out of college or getting out of high school is just insane. And no one's out there to help you. There's no transition period. There's no like, like program to teach you how to eventually get into the world. So putting on the weight or losing your consistency or losing your edge in life is definitely something common. How were you able to go about like creating this 
micro system or whatever system that you did create to eventually lose the weight, but not only lose it, continue to maintain that loss. Because I know it's very easy, not easy per se, but like dieting, some people perceive it as like a destination as opposed to a journey in itself. How did you go about being able to maintain that and keep it sustainable? Yeah. So you just nailed it right there when you said a lot of people view it as a destination. It was such a hyper focus on the outcome and the end result that we lose sight of the actual process that gets us there. And a lot of it does start with identity and actually defining what you truly want. Like I think a lot of people are afraid to define what success looks like for them because once you define success, you also define failure, right? The other side of the coin. So if I, if I say explicitly, this is what I want out of life, anything that's not that is a failure. And that can be a really vulnerable thing to do and to actually put on paper and prioritize. The reason why that's important is because we have these abstract ideas, like I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay, great. But like, what does that actually mean? And if I said, hey, I can snap my fingers and give you 50 pounds of fat loss, but you're never allowed to see your family again. Are you going to take that deal? And they're like, of course not. Well, then your family is really important to you. So now we actually have to identify like, what does success truly mean? It's not just the weight. It's you're associating all of these feelings with 50 pounds of weight loss. And there's probably all of these other things in your head that you haven't actually put on paper or said to anyone that's just in the background, but you have to bring that to the forefront. Otherwise you're just going in this aimless direction. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is they kind of know it's like, if I were to plug in coordinates into a GPS and I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of in this vicinity over here. Like those directions aren't going to be very helpful. I have to be really specific about where, what is it that I actually want and why does that matter? And that was something that I avoided for a long time. It was just like, okay, well, I'm almost a hundred pounds overweight. So I just want to lose a hundred pounds. But the problem is that I didn't actually know what that meant at the time. So I would lose, I would hit these like benchmark numbers. Okay. Now I'm under 200 pounds. And I was like, my life isn't any different. I don't feel any different. I'm still kind of lost. I'm still kind of depressed. Let me, let me lose another 10 pounds and see if that makes the difference. And then it was another 10 and another 10. And then I'm, you know, sitting there at like 160, which was way too lean for, for me. And, and like what I actually had to do to get there was unhealthy. So now I'm like the leanest I've ever been feeling more miserable than I've ever been and, and questioning like, what is this all for? And so to your point, it's like, I was so focused on the result and I had no attachment to the identity or to the actual process that I really wanted. Once I shifted that focus of, okay, who do I want to become and what do I want out of my life? And I put down those priorities and then I got really familiar with that future version of me. Like, who is this person that I want to become? What do they stand for? What do they value? What are their priorities? And I actually became very like intimate with that person so that it, I was no longer treating my future self like a stranger or like a superhero. Cause that's typically what we do. It's either one of those two things, either the future version of me is a total stranger. So I'm going to make sacrifices in the moment, or I'm going to make decisions in the moment that sacrifice them in the long term, or I think that that's the superhero that's going to come to save the day. So I can skip the gym this week because future me is going to go every day next week, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. If you skip the gym this week, you'll probably skip it next week. So I got really familiar with that person and really comfortable with that person. And then it was, what are the things that they do every day that make them who they are? And I started to outline what that process looks like. And you mentioned the micro steps. How do you micro step your way there? Well, that's how you do it. Like, what are the actual habits and routines and actions that that person takes on a day-to-day -day basis that makes them the person that I want to become. And it was no longer a result-oriented process. It was a process-oriented process. Like, 
these are the daily actions and habits that I need to implement into my life and make them a part of who I am as a person so that I never have to worry about gaining the weight back or going off track because I know what the process looks like. And now it's just a matter of implementing. Right. And so the, so once that foundational why and purpose is discovered, it's now no longer a destination. It's a process and it becomes a, a part of your lifestyle. Everybody knows really it's two, th- comes down to two things as far as, as far as moving the needle forward in this space. It's nu- nutrition and, and exercise, I would assume, right? Like, what does that balance look like? How important is it? Cause like for us, right? Like for me, I played college football. We trained overtrains, right? I, we'd have practice in the morning, lifts in the evening. We're doing conditioning the next morning and like seven days a week, six, seven days a week overtraining, overtraining, constantly, constantly beating your body up. You can put whatever you want in your body at that point. You're going to pretty much stay lean and mean and doing your thing. But once that stops, it's about, for for me, it was about finding a sustainable fitness journey. But then what I also realized was my my weight or just the way that I I looked versus what I used to look like wasn't moving in the right direction because I wasn't putting the right things in my body. I was still from previous bad habits. So I guess what's, I guess if you could just talk about the balance of, of fitness and exercise along with nutrition and how they go together, that might be helpful for, for everybody. Yeah, totally. I think it also kind of highlights the importance of knowing what you want, because depending on the goal, that can look very different. If I say my objective is to just live as long as I can, I just want to live a long and healthy life. That balance is going to look pretty different than if I say, I want to build a lot of muscle And that's like my number one goal is I just want to get as as strong and as jacked as I possibly can. I kind of have this concept of like, it's a triangle, triangle of awareness, right? You have different points of the triangle. Do you want to like live a long life? That's one end. That's one point. Do you want to perform at your best, whatever that sport or activity is, or do you want to look your best? And the more that you drive into an extreme of one point of the triangle, you're moving away from the other two. So if I want to like be the best football player in the world, I'm probably sacrificing longevity. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm putting my body through yeah. a lot that is going to take years off my life. It just is what it is. But if that's yeah. your goal, then that's going to look very different. But if we're talking about just kind of in the middle, right? Like I just want to be fit and healthy and live a long life. I don't think that it's an either or. I think it's an and situation where nutrition is extremely important. What you put in your body is extremely important. And then also how you move your body is extremely important. So I think that a lot of times we try to like, put percentages on it and say, well, it's 80% nutrition and 20% training. My philosophy is it's a hundred percent nutrition and a hundred percent training because you have to move your body. If you want to be healthy, I, you know, you can eat the quote unquote cleanest diet in the world. If you're sitting on your ass all day and you're not moving and you don't have any muscle, then you're sacrificing health and longevity in the process. So it's kind of find a way to eat that, that fuels health and longevity and performance and recovery, give you energy throughout the day, and then also move your body on a daily basis, low impact, low intensity. So things just like walking and being overall active, however you prefer to move. And then I think that everyone should have the the goal of building and maintaining a certain amount of muscle just because there's so many health benefits that go along with that. If it kind of creates this natural antidepressant effect, it is great for predicting longevity. So the, the stronger you are, the more muscle you have typically. The longer you live on average, there's a number of hormonal and metabolic benefits to it. And then just from like being able to enjoy life, the more muscle you have, the more you can eat without it impacting your, you know, your overall progress. So there's some flexibility in there that, that goes along with that. So I don't, I don't like to put a number on it and say it's percent. I think it's a hundred percent. And, and this is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I think 
health and fitness go so hand in hand with just life in general. And it's a tough dichotomy to really try and master because the outcome is usually not really what you end up wanting at the end of the day. Cause like, I'm just like, Oh, I want to be lean all the time. And once I'm lean and jacked, then I'm going to be happy. But then you're like, Oh shit. Then I can't, if I, if I want to be that way, then I can't eat the late night meal that I wanted all this stuff. So it's like really trying to figure out what that actual journey looks like for you. And I love when we were talking about before, it, it really just makes me think of the book Atomic Habits. And I quote about it all the time. It really is like the question that you ask yourself are my habits a reflection of whom I want to become? And that, that's really what we came to create consistency wins about is creating this overarching daunting task of being fit or being healthy and reverse engineering it to this really small micro habit. How can I win each day to where logic, math and science is telling you that that outcome is guaranteed to happen. So now the goal is no longer the outcome. The goal is the process, right? The goal is you just doing the work. And when you do that consistently day in and day out, it's a tough frame to be in. But if you can really have people around you that keep you accountable that is something that is constantly going to continue to keep confidence. It keeps longevity and it makes this overarching daunting task so easy to do because all you have to do is just walk around the block or just do what you have to do on that micro, no matter how your feelings feel and no matter how you feel because you know, it's guaranteed. So just wanted to throw that in there because I think it's really, it's something that I'm very passionate about. I know it's something that you've really made an entire business and life out of. So tell us a little bit more about what that process looks like in your world. And then also a process for someone coming through one of your coaching programs, or what is your overall, overall philosophy? Let's say that I'm struggling in my nutrition and fitness. How are you going to take us through a process and learning about us? And then overall, overall, like recommending a program. Yeah. So, and that's one of my favorite books as well. Atomic habits. The first thing is what people always avoid doing in the first place, which is a lot of times people are like, all right, just tell me what to eat and tell me how to train and I'm going to go get after it. But if there's no foundation, it's like you're, you're trying to build a skyscraper on a house of cars. It's not going to last. And so the first part is we have to identify like who that person is and get crystal clear on, on what you actually want out of life and your priorities. And people get really uncomfortable with that. They're like, no, I already told you I want to lose 20 pounds. And it's like, we got to go layers deep. It's that's the surface level answer. But again, if I talk about 20 pounds, but you have a poor relationship with your family or your spouse or your kids or whatever it may be, or you don't get to see your friends, you don't get to have go out, have a drink. You have to cut off all of these things from your life. Then they're no longer taking that, that trade. Or maybe sometimes they are. And it just, again, it helps us to prioritize things. So we kind of do this like value hierarchy of like, what do you actually want? What does success look like? Let's define it. Let's put down the most important things because it's funny how some people will say, you know, I really want this goal more than anything. But then once you put down some, some things in a list of priorities, like some people will tell me most important thing is like family dinners. That's the time that I get to spend with people that are important to me. But then they're doing programs that are like, you have to drink a protein shake for dinner. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense because now you're missing out on the thing that you value the most. So just this process can be really enlightening. And then I actually have clients go through, through a exercise where I have them write a letter to the future version of themselves that they want to become. And I have them write a letter as that future version to their current self. And again, it's just trying to bridge the gap of what you say you want and what you're actually doing. So there's, there's oftentimes this, this incongruence between my espoused values, what I say I want, and then my values in action, what I'm doing about it. Uh, and that creates this internal conflict, which often results in self-sabotage because you're, there's kind of this internal tug of war. 
I want this thing, but now the proof in what I'm executing is not aligning with what I say I want. So I'm just going to blow myself up and then start all over again. And so what I do is I try to bridge that gap right from the beginning. It's like get crystal clear on who that person is and actually get familiar with them. Write a letter to that person and then write a letter as that person to your current self so that we can start to bridge that gap. Once we have the the definition of success, now we make decisions based off of closer, not more. Like closer to what you want, not just more for the sake of more. Anybody can do more training or eat better or hustle hard or whatever it may be, but I don't care about that. I care about moving you closer. Closer is what is is basically working smarter, not harder. So anytime there's this decision, the first filter is are is this moving me closer to what I want? Is this moving moving me closer to the person I want to become? Oh, I'm out, I'm out with friends and they want to keep drinking tonight. I know I want to get to the gym in the morning. Should I stay out drinking? Is this moving me closer to what I want and the person I want to become? The first filter that we implement is pretty simple. Once we have that like foundation set, now the plan is going to be very dependent on all of those variables. So it's a, it's a highly personalized process. But usually I just look at like the low hanging fruit, which oftentimes is nutrition. It's let's start with the decisions you're making around food more so not necessarily like we're going to put together this meal plan, but, but really simple looking at food quality, looking at how much you're eating, looking at your diet history, things that you've done in the past that didn't work, that weren't successful because we have the benefit of the science of hindsight. We probably have a whole list of things that didn't work for you or things that made you feel, feel good. Like, Hey, when I did this thing before, when I was playing sports or when I was younger, like I actually felt really good doing this. So now we can just extract pieces of the past and look what worked, what didn't. And then we just put together like a very simple first step, which is what's the low hanging fruit that's going to give us the, the biggest bang for a buck. Oftentimes for people, it's just improving food quality, eating a little bit more protein. Then we can look at some simple habits like getting out for a walk every day. Can we get to the gym two to three times per week? We're always going to start with like the minimum effective dose and then build from there. A lot of times people like New Year's resolutions is a classic example. That's like, we're going to just do everything all at once. And that's a really easy way to set yourself up for failure. So it's starting small, making those little micro deposits into your long-term bank account and letting that 1% compound over time every single day. You're crushing it, man. You hit the nail right on the head, man. And I think that leads us into mind over macros because what you were just explaining right there it's less about this like micro thing about, hey, how can I track my macros and all these little different things that everyone thinks it is, but it really, it's a behavioral thing. Unless I am a bodybuilder or an athlete that needs to be really, really aware of exactly the amount that I'm intaking, go ahead and do that if that's you. But giving a good understanding of what macros look like, what portion size look like, I always recommend people when they start like, hey, figure out what these look like. You could count them for the first week or two to understand what it looks like, but it's not sustainable weighing out your food every day. So that's where I guess it leads into my next question is how you created Mind Over Macros. I love the name. Tell us a little bit more about the podcast, what your goal is there, and what really Mind Over Macros stands for. Yeah. So it was, it kind of started as my own like personal therapy. It was uh, around January of, what was it? 2019 that I started it. And I had all of these things that I wanted to get out of my head. And I'm, I'm more of like a, a visionary. I'm creative. My brain never stops working. I have a million ideas every day. And it was just driving me nuts that I didn't have an outlet for that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hit record and get all of this out of my head. And. I started doing it and people started listening. They're like, oh, this is, this is really helpful. You should keep going. 
And then it became a thing. It just kind of took on a life of its own. But the name Mind Over Macros was that I kept seeing so many people that were, they always thought that the solution was just like, help me adjust my macros. Like, tell me these like little macro formula. What's like, this is just the secret. I know I'm missing something. It's like, I promise you that the result that you're looking for is not as simple as just switching up your protein to carbs to fats ratio. It's everything that's going on in your head. The fact that you think there's a secret ingredient that's missing is actually more of the issue than the macros themselves. It's like, mm. let, let's take a step back and, and address what's going on between your ears. And I recognize that the, the whole game of goal achievement, and it doesn't matter what goal that is. If you're trying to change your body, if you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to improve yourself or your relationships, it's all the same process. And really it has to start with awareness around the behaviors that you're currently doing. So where macros can be effective is it kind of gives you an idea of where you're starting from an awareness perspective. Same thing if you're trying to grow your business, we have to understand what you're currently doing. What are the behaviors and daily actions and tasks that you're doing right now? And, and why aren't they getting you to where you want to be? So kind of using the GPS example again, if I'm putting in coordinates, but I don't have my starting point, I have no idea where I'm starting, then the directions are useless. So the first thing was like, let's understand your starting point. Let's, let's stop worrying about the perfect macro formula, but let's understand where you are right now, where you want to be, and then let's create the roadmap to get there. And, and most of the time, it has to do with how you deal with setbacks, how you deal with failure, the, the things that you tell you, the stories that you tell yourself, your limiting beliefs about yourself. It has nothing to do with, with the food that you're eating and the training that you're doing. Those are just symptoms of the problem. The symptoms are like, well, I think that there's this, there's this thing that I'm missing. I think there's this secret ingredient out there that I'm missing. So I'm going to keep searching for the new thing. So I'm going to try fasting one week and keto one week and whatever else is out there. And I keep switching it up because I refuse to look at the fact that I need to, to rethink this whole process internally about what it actually takes to be successful. I need to be more focused on the behaviors, the actions, the habits, the routines that are going to ultimately lead to the result. And it may not be the exact result, but it's definitely going to move you closer than if you're just thinking that there's always something missing. So that was yeah. the whole concept behind the show was like, let me help people refocus their attention on the things that actually move the needle and stop worrying about, uh, you know, it's kind of, for lack of a better phrase, missing the forest for the trees. Yeah. And, and this has evolved into a book that you, that you published, right? And it's called the personality diet. So, I mean, maybe tell our listeners a little about that. And I, I imagine there's a lot of overlap and kind of everything we're talking about, but what drove you to decide to write that book and how has it impacted your life, your business, and how is it impacting others? Yeah. So the personality diet was effectively my way of integrating all of the things that I have learned throughout my career and put into practice with clients and trying to distill it into something that's easy to follow. And it really does focus on the psychology of behavior change and, and how transformation actually occurs, looking into like the way that our brains are wired and, and why we do things a certain way. A lot of times it helps people feel more human when it's like, yes, we are, we are built for survival. And we, oft, we have this dichotomy of this, this push and pull between instant gratification and delayed gratification. And like, we are wired a certain way. So it makes sense that we do things that don't align with what we say we want, because then, you know, we have dopamine system in the brain that tells you like, no, I want to eat this cookie right now. Right. And we yeah. have this, this prefrontal cortex that's wait, wait a minute. 
I don't want to eat this cookie because I have goals that I want to achieve. And now there's this battle between your two minds. So I always say we have one brain, but two minds, the, the one mind that wants instant gratification and the one mind that wants delayed gratification. And so just helping people understand why it's such a struggle and that it's perfectly normal, but more importantly, what to do with it. And when you find yourself having this, this push and pull, like how do you, how do you take that gain perspective? And then more often than not, because it's never going to be perfect, but again, consistency wins, but more often than not, you're making decisions or frequently that align with what you say you want overall. So that's kind of the whole thing with the book was just putting it all on paper. The reason I, I actually wrote a book was because I had a high school English teacher that told me I sucked at writing. She didn't say sucked in those words, but she, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, she told me I wasn't a good writer. And I wow. internalized that and I stopped writing and it's really difficult to become good at something when you're not doing it. And then later on, when I started my business, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start writing an email every single day. And four and a half years, I haven't missed a day. I write an email every morning and I got pretty good at writing because I was practicing and I was like, you know what? This would be the ultimate F you to her if I actually published a book and it did really well. And, and that was what happened. That's amazing. Dude, you, you are incredibly wise, even outside of the, the macro space, the, the fitness and nutrition. Like, what are you consuming from a content standpoint and books to, to really level up? Because a lot of the things you're saying don't just pertain to fitness and health. It's all about life as a general scope. So what are some of the things that you're consuming that our readers should be taking away from here? Yeah. So I like to look outside of my industry. I, I think that oftentimes we get stuck in this echo chamber and we look at things that are like vertical dependent. Like this only works in fitness or this only works in relationships. And I like to look outside of that and think about things that apply as just a general principle or philosophy. So I do, I look at a lot of psychology research. I study a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, just behavioral psychology in general. And then I also look at a lot of just like personal development, stoicism, things of that nature that just kind of help develop resiliency in the mind. And that's a lot of, you know, it's, I would say, I'll just kind of give you my, my most recent reads have been a book called Tiny Habits and then The Willpower Instinct, which I have right here is another really good book. There's a book that I just read called Rigging the Game, which is really kind of more of a mental framework for decision-making. So I'm always kind of on that like psychology, behavior, psychology, personal development, just trying to like level up myself because I know that we're all biased. We all have blind spots. And I think if we walk through life thinking that we're not, that's the biggest danger to ourselves and others. So my perspective is I want to be aware of it. I want to make more decisions based off of more objectiveness. Like I know I'm biased in this moment. I know I have blind spots. So let me have a framework in place that helps me to make better decisions. That's amazing. So what is the, what is the future hold for Mike, for Mike Milner? Like what is the vision of what you're cre creating and building and where do you see things going? Yeah. So I always said I had a goal through my company to impact 1 million lives. We've got quite a ways to go. I think we've helped a few thousand people at this point, but that's, Hey, well, you've you know, had, you've had over a million downloads on your podcast. So yes. uh, you've done it. <laughs> we have to raise that number a little bit. <laughs> Depends on how we're, how we're tracking. So right. Right. But yes, I would say I still want to hit that goal of, of, of being able to have a million people come through our program and mm -hmm. truly transform their mind and body. And we're, we're kind of building out some things from a tech standpoint in that regard. We just launched our own app. 
which we are kind of beta testing right now. We have a group of three, 350 that are going through this process and it's really helped us streamline our coaching process. So, and I'm also developing a kind of video module that walks through the psychology of behavior change and kind of a step-by-step succession model where it's like week one, this is the exercise that you need to do very short, tangible, like five minutes, watch the video, do the homework, then go on to the next week. And that's like a full year that will be all programmed within our app so that it's just anytime somebody comes through the program and they have a coach that they're working with, they'll also get that in addition. So we're really trying to build out the tech side of what we do to help streamline the process. And then from there, who knows? I, you know, I think ultimately I, I want to continue to refine our process and, and help more people and, and just impact more lives. Yeah, that's great. And so how can our listeners follow you? How, the, how can they connect with you? We're going to put everything in the description below, but, but I guess just verbally hit them with everything. You know, how can they follow you on any social handles, the podcast? How can they buy the book? All that stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. So follow me on Instagram. That's probably where I'm most active. The handle is at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. The podcast is Mind Over Macros, which is on every podcast platform. And the book is called The Personality Diet, which you can pick up on Amazon. Amazing. Let's go, man. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. It's been a pleasure and we're excited for this episode to release and a lot of people get value. Thanks for having me.